Well, good morning and welcome to this edition of Shelter Daily in His Word. Glad that you've joined us this morning, whether it be through one of our platforms or our podcast. Great to have you with us. We're just enjoying a travel a journey, if you will, through the Psalms. Today we're going to be looking at Psalms 77, and we're going to be talking about something that I think is very important, especially in this day and time we live in. And it's something that affects a lot of people, but no one really likes to talk about it. And this morning, we're going to dive into it because this psalm does that. And we'll be able to get some understanding of what it is that the psalmist is really kind of keying in in, in this text. So if you have your Bible, open it to the book of Psalms, chapter 77, and you can read along uh, as we go through this, we're not going to read the entire chapter. Again, we're just going to be looking at the verses as we go along this morning. But we want to talk about, and as I said, this is something that everyone probably knows about, but very few people like to talk about it, and that is the causes and the cure of depression. The causes and the cure of depression. So before we go into that, though, let's ask the Lord to uh, be with us as we share today because this is a very sensitive topic and I want the Holy Spirit to speak to us and through us as we share this morning. So Father, thank you again for the opportunity we have today to share in the Word of God. Thank you for those who have joined with us today, those who will listen to us, Lord, along the way. We pray, God, that you will just uh, be with us and allow your Word to speak to our hearts. God, help us to be honest with ourselves and honest with you about our emotional health. God, I ask it in your name. I'll give you praise for it. Amen. Well, as I said, so many people know what depression is, and few claim that they have uh, ever experienced some level. They would rather not talk about it, even though it is something that affects a great majority of people. I read a statistic somewhere at one time that said that 85% of American people are on some kind of anti-anxiety medication as a result of some level of depression. And that is startling, especially when uh, the statistic included Christians as well as non-Christians. And that, that's a really you know, uh, important thing to look at. And I think it's important that we, one, don't sweep this discussion under the rug, if you will, but to really spend some time and talk about this emotional issue that we have termed in our society depression. Most people look at it like it's a bad thing and that it's bad to talk about it. And I've always, you know, I've always felt like that Everybody, uh, when, it, when it comes to fixing something or repairing something, uh, like our car or something like that, we don't have any issue discussing it, talking about it. Uh, we will spend the money that we need to make sure that our cars operate correctly. Uh, if there's a red light that comes on, a warning light, we'll go immediately to try to find out what it is that's doing that, why it's doing it. But when it comes to the emotional health and well-being of individuals, 
it's almost as if that is like a, a, an off-topic thing. You don't discuss it. It's even more so among men than it is among women. Women tend to be more uh, feeling-based. Uh, they, they deal more with their feelings. They are more in tune with that, whereas men tend to be less uh, in tune with dealing with their emotional state, and they just kind of have to kind of, you know, square their shoulders back and just get on with their life and put things away. And yet, I think we all would be startled if we were able to see what the statistics look like when it comes to suicides and the like that happen, especially if we started breaking them down into categories such as male, female, young, old, and so on. The reality is depression is a real thing. It happens to people. But again, many people don't want to talk about it. And that's one of the reasons why that I'm glad that Psalm 77 is here. One of the things I love about the Bible is that the Bible doesn't hide the bad things. It doesn't uh, erase the negative parts of people's lives. It exposes both the, the mountaintop experiences and the valley experiences that people go through. So it is one of those things that is, you know, it's unhidden. We get to see, and that's unlike a lot of books. Now, a lot of, a lot of religious books out there, you know, they only want to talk about, you know, their, uh, the, the people involved in their religious, you know, uh, context, uh, just from a, a positive perspective only. They don't like to talk about negative things. They hide those things. But the Bible doesn't do that. The Bible exposes the, you and I to the true emotional state of humanity. It helps us see mankind in his fallen state and then also in his renewed state through the power of the Holy Spirit and what Jesus Christ has done. And so if you look at, if you look at Psalm 77, and at first glance, when you look at this psalm, it would appear from it that the psalmist is really uh, in a down uh, place. He's, he's, he's in a place of depression. And, and, and I know that, you know, we, uh, a lot of times we think, well, no, that's not possible. This is, you know, this is the psalmist who is, uh, is a psalm of Asaph, is, is what, actually the psalm. And, and it, would, it would appear from reading it that the psalmist is in a depressive state. Something emotional is going on with him. And I'm, I, and I'm sure that, you know, he, he like so many, uh, knew what depression was. They may, maybe back then they had a different name for it. I don't know. But, uh, you know, I'm sure that they understood that something emotional was going on. And, and I think that it's, it's important for us to look at what he wrote in this text and to study this chapter, and I want to, I want to do something today. And I'm gonna, we're gonna study it, um, if you will, through two books, and that is the book of God, and which is the Word of God, and then the book of human experience, which is just the experiences that we go through, the things that I know that I've dealt with, maybe you've dealt with the same, and 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 to look at this in in, in a way that not to not to make it worse for us. But honestly, the idea here and the hope is, is that we can read this 
glean from it and enable ourselves if we've ever felt depressed going through depression or have ever been confronted with that area of emotion in our lives where we didn't know what to do about things that we'll be able to go back to the word of god and we'll be able to say this is what the word of god explains to me and how that i can do it not only do i know the cause of it but now i also know what to do about it and how i can fix it and how i can let god uh, just change my life i believe that god desires us to walk whole mind body and soul i believe that you know our spirit man is to be whole our our physical man is to be whole and our emotional man is to be whole i believe that i believe that god uh, wants us to be he when he saved us he didn't save just part of us he saved the entirety of us he changed us from within to without and this is you know this is something that we ought to always keep in mind that that he is a god who when he begins a work is faithful to finish the work and i know that all of us go through moments in life uh, for instance if you read verses 2 3 and 4 and just look at it with me for a moment look at what it says it says uh, when i was in deep trouble i searched for the lord all night long i prayed with hands lifted toward heaven my soul but my soul was not comforted i think of god and i moan overwhelmed with longing for his help and then there's this interlude selah you don't let me sleep i am too distressed even to pray have you ever felt that way have you ever been in a place where you've you know you you, you just are are uh looking for trying it seems like you know you you start out praying and seeking god about things and then your soul after that you don't feel anything you don't feel any change and then when you start thinking about god and and, and who he is your heart aches and you become overwhelmed because you long for his help you long for his hand to reach down in the situation uh, to even give you a night of sleep where that you can actually you know rest well and and even at times where you're so you, you know you become so overwhelmed by things that you don't even want to pray about anything now we've all been there whether we want to admit it or not that's another story that's another thing but the reality is we've all we've all probably been in somewhere in those verses and, and, and what about uh verses seven eight and nine when he says has the lord rejected me forever these are the questions he's asking you know, he's he's going through this whole uh you know gamut of things he's looking now he's looking at himself and saying has god rejected me forever will he never again be kind to me is his unfailing love gone forever? Uh, has, uh, have his promises permanently failed? Has God forgotten to be gracious? Has he slammed the door on his compassion? And then again, there's that word, selah. Pause. Now, when I, when I read this, it's like, you know, Lord, I, I got to admit, 
there's probably been times when I've asked those very same kind of questions. Maybe not the same words, but I've questioned God. I've questioned things. I've wondered why things have to be the way they are. I, I've come to places where I didn't understand why things had to happen in certain ways. And uh, I remember one time telling my wife, I said, I don't understand why that whenever we're trying to do the right thing, we're trying to do the right things or go in the right direction, that it seems like that everything is up against us. And why can't God just move that out of the way? I remember sitting down talking to uh, uh, one of my church leaders and uh, one of my mentors, and I asked them the same thing. I said, why is it? And he said to me this, and, I, and it was, you know, it really caught me. And it made me, excuse me, made me think. He said that what you're doing is going into enemy territory and you're trying to take back what the enemy has taken away from you. And he's not going to do that without a fight. Boy, that's the truth. He's not going to stop. The enemy doesn't stop just because we are victorious. He doesn't go away licking his wounds thinking that, well, I may as well never bother them again. No, he goes away looking for another plan of attack, another way to come against us. And, and there are times when I've said, God, I don't get it. I don't understand. Why does it have to be like this? Why can't you just move? Why can't you just fix this? All you have to do, you know, I read in the Bible, at your word, and it's done, the Roman centurion said. Just say the word. And I've said many times, God, just say the word, and that thing would be over with. It'd be done. And then when I look, and I see things happening, and I'm watching things go on in my own life, and I'm wondering, God, have you rejected me? Have you uh, decided that you're no longer going to be kind toward me? Have you, uh, has your unfailing love disappeared? Uh, have you removed your promises away from my life? H have you, God, no, are you no longer going to be gracious to us? Have you slammed the door of your compassion on us, God? Now, again, I, I know that, you know, for some of you listening right now or watching, you're probably thinking, oh, man, you know, I would never do that. I would never do that. But don't, don't, don't never say never. Because we've all had emotional moments in our lives where things become so overwhelming to us. You know, we talked about this. We talked about, uh, remember uh, the last time we were together, I talked about how that, you know, if this is your life and this is the weight of burdens, they get on us. And sometimes we're wondering, how do we carry it? And we realize that, you know what, God does come and he carries it with us and he helps us. But a lot of times we forget about that. When we're going through depression and we're going through hard times, darkness, valleys, places. And it's interesting to me because everywhere we've looked so far in these Psalms, this is the thing we've discovered. We've discovered that, you know, the writer of the Psalms, the different ones that wrote, and they're not just all of David, different ones wrote these Psalms. They've all had similar experiences to what you and I go through in life. And, and I want us to look at this because I want you to notice I want you to notice some things that, that I see here. One, I think you've you got to notice that, that depression affects us in a lot of different ways, but I just want to key in on four specific uh, ways in which depression uh, hits us. First of all, I want you to look at verse 3. It, it talks about how 
when depression comes, our spirits become very overwhelmed. So it overwhelms our spirit. Uh, the psalmist tells us in verse 3, when I remember God, uh, I become upset. That's what the new, uh, new century uh, edition of the Word of God says. Uh, he said, I become very upset. Uh, when I think, I become afraid. Now think about what he's saying here. Uh, in, in, in one other rendering, you know, it says here in the New King James, I remember God and I was troubled. I complained and my spirit was overwhelmed. That sounds familiar, doesn't it? Uh, when, you, when, you, when, you look at, when you look at depression, and, and, and a simple definition, if you were to, uh, I know there's a lot of technical definitions for depression, but if you were just to break it down to its simplest form, uh, especially from a, from a biblical perspective, I would say that depression is simply a lowering of the spirit. It's the spirit being lowered down. It's, it's, it's becoming so overwhelmed. If you ever experienced stress, uh, some stress can be good. A lot of stress can be bad. But this is a lowering of the spirit. And how often do we experience this kind of thing? Uh, you know, for some unaccountable reason, we, f we find ourselves oftentimes down in the depths. For instance, let, you know, if you, if you are a person, let's say you work as a nurse or, or even a physician, and, and you're working in, a, in, a, in an environment where there's constantly, you're dealing with sickness and disease, you're dealing with people that are dying, and you're doing it all the time, and, and especially if you, you don't have the abilities or the medications or the things that are necessary in order for you to be able to truly help people the way you feel like you need to. It would become very easy for people in those positions to become very depressed. In fact, one of the things that, that, that we've noticed that during this past year, during this pandemic uh, year that we've been in, many people in the health, and, health uh, industry uh, are, are dealing with depression, suicidal thoughts. And then, you know, why? You know, many of them do what they do because they love their job. They love what they do. They love helping people. They love, you know, for many, it's like ministry to them, especially Christian. When I talk to Christian nurses and doctors, they feel like that they're ministering to people. They're ministering, uh, you know, to the needs of people. And they love helping people. They love to see when things go well. But over the last year, there's been so much happening with humanity that many have become very depressed. They've had to work longer hours than they've ever had to work. They've had to deal with death on a larger scale than they've ever had to deal with it before. And this, all of that negative stuff lowers their state of being their spirit man. It lowers that spirit in them, that emotional area of their life. Same thing, I see this a lot of times when I, when I work with police officers, when I work in law enforcement. People that are out there and they, they, are, they are rubbing shoulders with the, the worst of humanity. And they didn't get into it, uh, you know, uh, for any other reason than to, they wanted to help. They wanted to serve. They felt like they were doing 
something good for their, their community, but then their communities turn on them. Uh, people, uh, you know, negative things begin to happen. Stuff takes place. And, you know, they're human beings. You know, and I think sometimes we forget doctors, nurses, police officers, firefighters, you know, ambulance people, these first responders type people, they're human beings. Soldiers, they're human beings. They're not robots. They're humans that have human emotion. And oftentimes, you know, when you get into these places, you, you can find yourself, especially when you do it day in and day out, and especially when you see that what you're doing doesn't seem to be making any change. There's no real changes happening. And there's no real uh, uh, turnaround, if you will. It seems like the more you do, the worse it gets. When that kind of thing begins to happen, what's going on is, is that there's a, there, depression is becoming a, a reality to them. And, and this is the reason why that many people search out and seek out other things like alcohol, drugs, uh, extramarital relationships, and things of that nature, it, it's, not, it's not something that they were thinking, I'm going to do that. It's that they become overwhelmed and depression begins to set in and they're looking for a means of escape to get away from that, something that can get them out, that can close that off. Uh, people uh, that have uh, gone through uh, all kinds of emotional traumas when they've gone through these traumas in their life, they're looking for escapes, ways to, to, to numb, if you will, the pain that's going on. And if you're not careful, instead of dealing with it, instead of working through it, it can become a, a situation to where that, that depression, that lowering of your spirit can move you into a very dark place and that dark place can take you into places you never thought you'd ever go into and this is where we start seeing things like suicide. We start seeing people do uh, erratic behavioral things that we're, we're, you know, we're, we're looking at like that's just not common for them. That would, we never thought that they would be that kind of a person. And yet many people don't realize that it is just, it's not that far of a step or far of a reach that when you allow you know, yourself to get into a place to where that your spirit is overwhelmed, when your inner man becomes overwhelmed, that it's not long before you find yourself defeated, you find yourself dejected, you find yourself overwhelmed to the point to where you just want to give up. Uh, some want to just crawl like you, if you will, crawl under a rock and never come out. Uh, there were times in my life, and I've said this, and I've, 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 I've shared this before. There were times in my life where I, I knew I was in a depressed state. I was getting depressed, and it was getting darker and darker, where I would just, I, all I wanted to do was just lay in bed and sleep and just pull the covers over my head and never even get out of bed. I don't want to confront the day. I don't want to do anything. And, and when that begins to happen, when you start seeing that, What's going on is something's happening on the inside. There may be external things that it shows up in, but the reality is the spirit man, something on the inside is hurting. And this is what was happening here. When I, he said, when I remember God, I get upset. 
when I think, I become afraid. And it, you can almost see uh, the tension that's going, remembering God. Why would remembering God make you upset? Why would thinking about things of God and stuff like that cause you to be afraid? There's something going on there that's bringing you to that place. The other thing that you notice, and, and, and this is important too, and I want to just pinpoint this for a moment. If you look in verse 6, he says, the second thing, is, he says in verse 6, when my nights were filled with joyful songs, I searched my soul and pondered the difference now. So what's happening here is, is that when your spirit begins to get low, it awakens memory. And this is part of what was going on in, in, in verse 3. When I remember, when I begin to remember, when I start thinking about things. Now notice the, the negative connotation that it brings in this situation. He said, when, in my nights are filled, when my nights were filled with joy, songs, I searched my soul. Because I remember when, you know, there were times when uh, the nights would be filled with the songs of, and I would go to bed at night. I was happy. I was content. I was joyful. Things were going well for me. And now I search and ponder my soul and I look at things and I realize something's different. It's not the same now as it was then. And the psalmist tells us that in this time of depression, he remembered the times when he was able to sing. He remembers the times that even in the night hours, he could do those kinds of things. But now, now it's different. You know, it's interesting what happens when we start comparing the past to the present. When we look at the past, and a lot of times, you know, we look back over things, and you know, we, we see the past through pretty jaded glasses sometimes, let's be honest, in comparing it to the present. Um, and I've done that myself. I've been in a place where I have done that, where I have looked at, at certain places in my life, times in my life, and thought, man, if we could just go back, it's kind of like the children of Israel coming out of Egypt. Man, they're in the, in the world, they're free from bondage, but here, what are they doing? Longing to go back to Egypt to eat onions and garlic for meals when God is going to provide them manna and quail. The past, a lot of times, looks better than what it really was, especially if we try to compare it to our present situation. And so what's happening here is, is that, yeah, there were times of joy, and yes, there were times of great song, and yes, and there is something different going on here. What's happening here? Well, what's happening is, is that I'm taking my present moment that I'm in, and I'm allowing that thing to become more than what it really should be in my life, and I'm letting it control how I think, and I'm letting it control how I act, and I'm letting what's going on in my life right now affect me in my spirit, in, on the inner part of my life. And even though I long for better times, I'm looking at myself and thinking, man, things are so different now. It's not what I thought it was going to be. Reality has set in. Well, I'm going to pause right here because, again, I know that this sounds like a very negative, if you'll just stay with me for the next couple of sessions, we're going to see the other side of this. But I want, to, I want you to see this. I want you to see that, one, if you're in a, in a place like this right now, you're not alone. 
you're, I know a lot of times, you know, the enemy tries to convince us that no one understands what you're going through. The Word of God speaks about you, and it speaks to us. So I want you to consider this today, that as we uh, close this, this, this session, I want you to consider this one thing. God does know who I am, and God knows enough about me that He would make sure that this psalm would be here for times like this that you may be going through. And that part of it right there, if you'll listen through the rest of what we're going to be talking about over the next couple of times we come together, it may very well be the turnaround you've been looking for. So Father, I want to thank you for the moment we've had today. I want to thank you, Lord, for your word. I thank you, God, even though I know right now, God, it seems like that this is very negative, but yet, God, I believe that out of this something very positive can come out. I believe, God, that you have a way of speaking to your church and to your people. I believe those listening to me today, God, if there's one, Lord, that is finding themselves, there are people that are watching or listening that are finding themselves at a place, Lord, where they're becoming overwhelmed. Their spirit is becoming very overwhelmed by life, the cares of life, the weight of life. Maybe their job situations that they're in are, are becoming overwhelming to them. Today, God, I pray that this would be the beginning of a transformation, of a change that, God, I know that by the Holy Spirit you can bring to them. So touch them today, I pray. And God, help them to stay with me, to stay with this word, to learn so they can grow, so they can own and understand what to do on the other side of this, how to get from where they are to where the sun can shine for them again, where the days, God, can be brighter. And Lord, you can do this work in them. Father, I just thank you for it today, and I give you the praise in Jesus' name. Amen. Well, thank you so much for joining with us today. Look forward to seeing you tomorrow for another Shelter Daily in His Word.